0: Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton.
1: Thank you, Suzanne. Today on Core Principles, I'm pleased to welcome the Executive Director of Hope Unlimited Family Care Center, Nicole Farley. How are you doing, Nicole?
0: Doing great, thank you so much, Clay.
1: Your organization is known as a Family Care Center, and some similar organizations have names like Pregnancy Resource Centers and so forth. What is your purpose and your mission there at Hope Unlimited?
0: Sure. Our our mission is to serve moms and dads and those caring for children, helping them be the best parent they can be, as well as sharing the gospel of Jesus with them. So we really want to make sure that we are supporting families and not just an unwed mom that found herself pregnant. And that's really where that family care center has come in where we are able to really talk about the family as a whole, showing value to not only an unborn child, but to the mom and dad and those surrounding this pregnancy or this children, these children that they, they are parenting.
1: What are some of the resources that you're able to bring for those folks?
0: Sure. We work um, specifically with pregnant moms with walk-in pregnancy tests. We can offer them a free courtesy ultrasound. We also can um, provide full prenatal care in our doctor's office from the point of pregnancy through postpartum. So that is very unique to our services that we offer. And then we have a full program called Learn to Earn, and that is for moms and dads. And anyone caring for children, that could be a foster parent, an adoptive parent, a grandparent that's raising children. Those are classes that can um, touch on early child development. They can touch on life skills, or they can do Bible studies, whatever they prefer. Meeting one-on-one with a mentor every other week for about an hour. In that, they are earning what we call hope dollars or hope coins. We want to really help our parents move to the next level. So with those points that they've earned by showing up on time, doing their homework, participating in their in their session, they are able to buy things for their family. Clothing items, household items, maybe that's diapers, wipes, bottles, whatever they might need for their family because they've earned those dollars, per se, to help support their family.
1: Now that's very interesting to me because uh, the world at large has this mantra where they say that uh, pro-life people and pro-life organizations care only about the birth and not about the family that's affected. But it sounds like you have very specific resources for the family uh, through the entire time uh, uh, that's relevant. That is correct. I.
0: I think the thing that we really focus on is that whomever is in front of us at that moment, whether that's mom, dad, whomever, that they see their own value. I think we have recognized that if a parent doesn't value themselves in their own life, their own body, um, who they are, it's very difficult to value a child, whether that child is born or unborn. And so that's where we want to begin that journey um, we work with um, parents that have struggled in the parenting department as well. And so we have court-ordered parenting classes that we can walk a journey with a mom or a dad in a group setting. And in that group setting, they're meeting for 10 to 12 weeks together, specifically um, court-approved classes. And. Um, also, another thing that we that we do related to the value of all humans, all life, is if someone has chosen abortion, they're welcome here. Because what we do know that if someone has experienced experience an abortion, whether that's a mom or a dad, they have found themselves needing support. And so we walk a journey with them, um, just giving them a space to really be able to process that abortion. And so um, that's kind of unique to us as well. Most people don't realize that we really want to be a blessing to all life. And um, we consider ourselves pro-abundance life. And that abundance is where the gospel comes in. We want not only for the life of some of anyone, all humans, to be saved, whether that's an unborn child that is being contemplated about their life, or whether it be the mother, the father, whomever. So we want to be able to share that they can have a full life in Jesus. And so when we are able to share the love of Jesus with them, that's where real change begins to happen.
1: That's very powerful. And of course, it calls to mind the words of the Lord Jesus himself, who said, I came that you would have life and that you would have it abundantly. So that's really powerful.
0: I do want to say that statement was coined by our president of one of our organizations called CareNet, And he began to present that to us in 2019. And here at Hope Unlimited, we felt strong enough to make it part of everything we do.
1: Very good. Now there's a lot of relevant news, Nicole, (laughs) lately about your organization and similar organizations around the country. But before we get into those topics, hopefully you're, you're willing to uh, speak with me about some of those current events, but um, could you tell us first though, how did you come to be the executive director of Hope Unlimited? What was your journey there?
0: Very unique. I had worked for a small stint in another nonprofit. I was telecommuting to Seattle in Chicago. And during that season, I was introduced to foster care in the realm of social services, and some uh, friends that were surrounding me just mentioned Hope Unlimited. My husband had volunteered here. My parents had volunteered here. I knew what Hope was, but I honestly had never thought about it as a job, except 20 years prior, as a single woman, I was on the board of a pregnancy care center that was getting up and running in a town that I lived. And I just, so when someone mentioned to me, have you thought about Hope Unlimited, I was just kind of taken back. And and so long story short, I interviewed with that executive director and the day that she hired me that day, and she said, you're going to be the next executive director. And I said, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I had no plans. That was never on my radar. And then if you fast forward almost a year, um, we had the privilege of bringing a little infant into our home unexpectedly, and um, I thought, yeah, this couldn't be God's will for me to be the executive director. He's just a new baby in our life, and we had two teenagers or almost teenagers, preteens at the time, and I heard in my my just that still small voice that God said, no, actually, she's all part of the plan, and that was very humbling for me because little did I know three years into her life, we would then get to adopt her. And now she'll be six next Monday. And so I think the calling to be the executive director was something that God had been bursting in my life for a really long time, 20 plus years, that I just didn't know. And he kind of filled it with our daughter that he um, brought into our home. So nonprofit became something I got very interested in and Hope Unlimited with my heart for people was the perfect and I just didn't know it. So it was really a
1: God moment. I know the plans I have for you, God says, Mm -hmm. uh, through Jeremiah, that's really powerful. Well, if we can take a moment to talk about current events, Uh, the pro-life and pro-choice and uh, abortion topics have been front and center this spring and summer because the Supreme Court heard a case Called Dobbs. And uh, in that, they said, the majority of them said they were correcting an erroneous prior implication by the court that somehow the United States Constitution had within it a right to abortion. And that Roe versus Wade, as well as this uh, other Planned Parenthood versus Casey court, uh, court cases, had made that at a federal level where abortion was protected from anything the states might do. Well, it's going to be kind of a a long question, Nicole, because I want to read a couple of background things to set the stage for listeners, but uh, in the Roe case, the Supreme Court claimed that the right to abortion was in Section 1 of the 14th Amendment. So I'm going to read Section 1 of the 14th Amendment. It says, quote, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. And by the way, as a side note, listeners, that does absolutely obliterate the idea of anchor babies. There's no such thing That's a different topic for a different day. Resuming the 14th Amendment, Section 1, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges and immunities of the citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction equal protection of the laws." Unquote. Now in the Dobbs decision, the majority of the Supreme Court held this. It's interesting to me, Quote, that provision that I just read, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, has been held in the Roe and Casey decisions to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution. And further, they said, quote, abortion could not be constitutionally protected. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak and the decision has had damaging consequences." Unquote. So they obliterated it on purpose. They said it was wrong, it was stupid, how dare those people. They obviously weren't upholding the Constitution as their oath said. So that means the Supreme Court has returned the legal decision making about terminating pregnancies. To the individual states in the union. Now we finally get, Nicole, to my question for you as executive director of Hope Unlimited Family Care Center. How has the Dobbs decision affected your organization, or how do you expect it might affect your organization going forward?
0: This has been a question asked of me from that moment. Actually, let me correct, even at the leak back in May, you know, when that began. So, what My answer is, it's very simple. It hasn't changed anything for us. We continue to help moms and dads, support them, share the gospel, and join together with our community to serve our community. And so, interestingly, nothing has changed for me and my staff and this organization, both in Paducah and Illinois, because we have a center in both locations. But what as we recognize that we need an official statement, and I'm going to read my official statement for you, is simply, in response to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, paving the way for each state to make their own laws, regulating abortion, based on the value of each state's own citizens, our mission at Hope Unlimited Family Care Center remains the same. We exist to share the good news of Jesus and defend the value of every life. We educate, support, and provide full prenatal medical care for moms throughout their entire pregnancy. Whether there is a pregnancy in crisis, a pregnancy surrounded by crisis, a planned pregnancy, or already parenting a child or children, each is a matter of life. Our mission has grown more relevant, and we invite others to join us on this journey of being pro-abundant life.
1: Amen. I'm thankful.
0: I'm thankful too, because I feel like God has paved this way for many years. Hope has been here 32 years, and he knew today would be the day. He knew on, in June, when, when this was overturned and Roe v. Wade became a conversation that you could pretty much pick up anywhere, that he had it all planned. And the founders of Hope Unlimited, I think were solid when they made the decision to open this organization. Do I think it'll change our future? Yes, I think in some ways it will. In Paducah, we are already, uh, we have a full OB clinic. We see patients every day um, of that were open. We have a docket of about 27 moms right now. That's just in our medical clinic. So are we still seeing abortion-minded clients? Yes. So I did ask my nurse manager, have you seen an uptick? Have you seen a downtick? Have things changed? And she said, the same. And not one patient has mentioned the overturning of Wade. I find that extremely interesting. We citizens are much more interested in it than the mother that has found herself, what she feels is a crisis pregnancy. And we typically remind her the pregnancy is not the crisis. We were all created in the image of God. And at that point of conception, there's a child. But what is important for her to remember is that we understand that that pregnancy is surrounded by a pregnancy. And so I think what changes or what will change and what I pray will change is that the church, and when I say the church, those that believe in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter about a denomination. It's not about, about a believer in Christ. That you will decide that you play a huge part in this thing called life, both unborn and born. And if we don't have the people of the church to walk alongside moms and dads, they're going to choose abortion more. They're going to parent a generation, as we've seen, that might make a decision to not parent well. And then we have more children in foster care, and we have children that are suffering, when I say the church to step up, I mean, be willing to adopt, be willing to foster, be willing to come alongside a mom or a couple or a dad that says, I want to be a good parent, but I don't have anyone to walk this with me. That's where I see the church being able to invite them to dinner, have them over at Christmas, show them the example of what a real family looks like, and be that family to them. So that's what I see the future looking like
1: if we really are going to do what I feel about something today. Well, that's powerful, Nicole. And uh, I had in mind that towards the end of our conversation, we might get into some specifics programmatically uh, looking forward for Hope Unlimited. But in the meantime, uh, I do want to bring up potential changes in the near term uh, based on what's happening in Washington, D.C. as a result of the overturning of Roe and what's happening throughout the country in some places, and hopefully not in Paducah, Kentucky. Well, some pro-abortion people uh, really resent family care centers and pregnancy resource centers. Uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who ran for president, a very prominent lawmaker, has called for all such organizations like Hope Unlimited to be shut down and banned nationwide. And domestic terrorists, I'll call them, have defaced buildings and threatened the lives of people who work in those centers. And so I want to ask you first about the Senator's comments. Here's what she said in part, quote, we need to shut them, meaning Hope Unlimited and organizations like it, down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that, unquote. Those are verbatim her remarks. So, Nicole, I have to ask you a few questions about the senator's very serious and accusatory statement. First, what torture could she possibly mean?
0: That doesn't, I don't know how that word would be used. Because here at Hope Unlimited, we provide women and men with their choices. There are three options carry, you know, if you're pregnant, you carry and parent, you could carry and place that child for adoption, or you could abort that child. It is not my job to tell someone what their choice is. I'm not here to shove something down someone's throat, but I do believe I've been called to give them information so that they can make an informed decision. So we provide that information so they can make the best decision for their life.
1: I think Senator Warren has used the word fool, not as in someone who uh, lacks connection to reality, but and someone who's trying to trick somebody. Um, she would claim that information you provide uh, is intended to trick people. Do you provide false information? Surely not. Uh, what could she be meaning? We do not,
0: and I don't know a sinner um, in our area that I know personally, um, we are wanting to be 100% truthful. For instance, if someone calls into our, our, our phone line and says, I'm, I would like to get an abortion, we simply say we do not perform abortions. So what we would like to do is provide you a free pregnancy test and an ultrasound. And they'll say something like, where can I get an abortion? And we will very quickly say, we do not refer for abortion. But what we would like you to do is come in, if you would like, for a free pregnancy test and ultrasound. So we want to be very upfront, forthright, and truthful. Our integrity matters because life is valuable. And we we take that very serious.
1: Very good. So we've covered the serious part of Senator Warren's statement, but there's a comical part from my perspective to it. Uh, She said... Pardon me, I know it's serious, more serious from your perspective at uh, Hope Unlimited, but I can sit back and laugh from over here at what she said. She did not use the word women. She said pregnant persons, and I know for completeness I should just ask then, have you ever had a pregnant man come to <laughs> Hope Unlimited? Is there such a thing?
0: I have not personally encountered a pregnant man. Yes. Because in my opinion, that would be impossible.
1: Yes. Well, your opinion aligns with scientific observations of unchangeable objective reality, so I'm with you. Well, finally, regarding Senator Warren, uh, our own governor, Andy Beshear, is equally, I'm going to say, hostile, and that's my word, listeners, that's not Nicole's word, to pro-life persons and to pro-life organizations. But our Attorney General, Daniel Cameron, is fighting legal battles uh, to defend pro-life laws that our legislature has overwhelmingly passed. Uh, Nicole, do you have any insight from your vantage uh, or any expectations uh, regarding this particular legal battle that's happening in the Commonwealth of Kentucky?
0: I can't say that I have any inside information for sure. But what I do think is that we are seeing uh, Attorney General Daniel Cameron fighting for life. And as Kentuckians, I hope that matters. I hope that we fight alongside of him because what is happening is what should have been shutting abortion down in Kentucky has now turned into the next court date and the next court date. And one thing that I I feel is worthy, and this is a quote from uh, Mr. Cameron, he, he said, and I quote, so every day that these laws are not enforced, the day in which unborn children of the Commonwealth perish, that statement should shake us to our bones. Because we as Kentuckians, have set, we made a decision that we did not want abortion. And now it's being held up in court in just, you know, and, ha- and every time they reschedule or every time they delay it, that blood is on our hands. And I think that um, that fight will continue. And I appreciate Mr. Cameron continuing that fight. But come November 8th of 2022, we need to vote yes for yes for life. We as pro-life citizens need to be aware that on that ballot, there is a very important um uh, what do we call it ballot um, initiative thank you ballot initiative that so we need to vote yes and we need to get out there and vote we need it is our job and that is how we can come alongside those that are fighting for
1: life well, thank you for that. It's important uh, a lot of people may be unaware of that ballot initiative uh, yes for life it is a way yes that the attorney general has seen that okay, so we voted in a legislature that would Uh, passed legislation that would uphold our right to life, but the governor has uh, basically sued his own state to say, don't let this happen. And nothing happens quickly in the legal sense, so at least by November, we're going to have an opportunity to re-state as voters that we meant what we said. We are pro-life. Well. you mentioned blood on our hands, and uh this next question's a little bit rough, but uh I mentioned before that people I would call domestic terrorists are targeting pro life organizations, particularly in the wake of Dobbs, and one of their tactics has been intimidation and threats, like painting messages on buildings that say things like, "If abortion's not safe, neither are you now a straightforward translation from an outsider like myself is hey, if we're impeded from murdering children, we'll gladly just murder you, and that is terrifying. Now, uh, we live, Nicole, in a relatively small community, Paducah, Kentucky, so I would like to think that we don't have such people here that are intimidating or terrorizing people, but uh, if you're willing, uh, I want to ask you, have you received any intimidation, threats, anything like that, or your staff?
0: I am thankful to tell you that no, we have not, but in Kentucky, they have. I just received an email Monday of a center that had. Um, so we do have people in our state. Um, we did take precaution. We are, we are continuing to take precaution. Um, we don't take light, especially, uh, Jane's revenge and, and those groups that are out there that are doing these things. Um, my staff has been very bold and I commend them for that because especially the front area, you know, they, my receptionist at both locations, you know, they're, they're seeing every person that walks the door and, and all of that. So are we mindful of it? Yes. Have we had to take different measures that we've not been used to for security? Yes. But we are fortunate that th- at this time here locally, we have not received any
1: Well, I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful that no churches have been attacked here either. That's happening as part of the same movement from these folks that call themselves Jane's Revenge. Um, Well, I know that you and I both hope women choose to allow their children to live, and your organization provides care and supplies. Um, But a lot of women may never go to any type of organization or facility if they are in what they consider. Uh, an unwanted pregnancy situation. Over half, now 54% of all abortions are done with chemicals, and the Democrats, as of today, are pushing Joe Biden to declare a national health emergency to remove all the legal restrictions against ordering life-terminating chemicals through the mail. Um, Nicole, d- does Hope Unlimited play a role in educating the public on care options uh, available to women in need? Or is there anything that we as a community can do about that kind of uh, wrangling from Washington, D.C.? I
0: think that is a very important thing that we need to be able to get this word out more than ever before, and that is something called abortion pill reversal. That is a real thing. Matter of fact, our gala in September, our special speaker, Rebecca Hagan, she actually began a chemical abortion, and she's going to be sharing her story because actually that abortion was reversed before the second pill was taken. There's been thousands of babies that the abortion that had been started was stopped before the second pill. People don't know that this for real is something that is capable of being done. So I want that word to get out. I think it's imperative that we know that if a chemical abortion has been started within 72 hours before the second pill is taken, it can be reversed. There's a lot of controversy around that, but I will tell you that in over 3000 births, there's not been one birth defect and lives 3000 that we know of lives have been changed or saved and, and kept from being aborted. So You know, we want to educate in that way. When we talk to women that are contemplating abortion, many a time they leave here and we don't know what they've chosen because that's their choice. But we have given them within each stage of pregnancy what type of abortion they could receive, the effects on their body, the effects on their mental, the effects on their physical. And so we are giving them the information because most women don't know what it means to abort a baby and so if we don't tell them why would they know they're not going to get that information at an abortion clinic for sure and so we we simply provide that information to them but it is important to know and you can you can go google abortion pill reversal you can you can google i just started an abortion but i don't want to abort now what do i do and it'll pull up these are Loving people, that doctors that across the nation that have provided a solution, if it's done in time.
1: God is always good, and let's uh, conclude on that uh, happier note. You and your team at Hope Unlimited, Nicole, uh, get to experience great joy along mm-hmm. with the mothers and fathers that you serve. Uh, do you have any new or upcoming or recent programs that you offer? Uh, or developments at Hope Unlimited that you'd like to share with us?
0: Well, we are excited that we have just purchased in the last year our a new building that that literally connects to the building we're in. So We're going to double in size. We'll go from an 8,000 square foot facility to a 16,000 square foot facility. That particular location that or expansion, because we are going to become one building, is going to enlarge our thrift store which serves our community and our clients and patients as a whole. It's open to both community and clients, but also it's going to allow us to serve more parents that need specific court order classes. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna be able to use space in our current location for more learn to earn uh, parenting classes with mentors and be able to use the new building to reach more of our citizens as well. You ask, and I just feel like I must close with this, if I may, because of our hearts being so towards human life and saving life, both the born and the unborn, just a few weeks ago, a young mom came in, and she was ready for an abortion, very adamant, and God used our nurse manager to talk with her, but interestingly, it wasn't the word she said. It was the tool that we use called the Decide magazine. She had just merely opened in her lap and a word jumped off that page of this mother. Long story short, yesterday, actually, excuse me, Monday, two days ago, that mother came in with who she has chosen as her adoptive mother and now this baby is going to be placed for adoption. So now we have two moms loving an unborn baby through their pregnancy, and we have the privilege of walking that journey in our doctor's office, in our medical clinic with them. That is why we're here. We didn't really do anything but open our hearts and our arms to someone that was desperate. And in just two weeks' time, life was chosen, an adoptive family was chosen, and now both the mom who will carry this child has a support system that she did not have the day she walked in our door and her child will be saved and placed in a loving home that she has chosen. So that is the joy and the excitement of what spurs us on to just continue to love well, continue to share Jesus' love and to be available to our community. Those in crisis, as well as those that are experiencing Uh, a family that they just want to learn more and be the best family they can be and leave that legacy for their children.
1: God is good. Well, thank you. Uh, We've been talking with the executive director of Hope Unlimited Family Care Center, Nicole Farley, and thank you very much for being my guest on CORE Principles. God bless you, Nicole.
0: Thank you
1: very much.
0: CORE Principles podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions.